We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It is Friday. It is September 10th. It's 2021. And we have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? It's the best time of year. Football, baseball, crossover. Oh, gosh, it's just beautiful. Life is fantastic. Nothing can go wrong. And... Even though I throw a ton of money out there for the first game of the season, I just I just want everything except for one bet. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, I mean it. It was a good day for me too. Like I talked about on the podcast yesterday, I was very high on CD Lamb and Chris Godwin. So I mean, like that worked out great. Um, wish I would have played more Gronk in DFS, but. I mean, I think his touchdowns are going to be fidgety all year, and I think people will overreact to him scoring two touchdowns, and we'll talk about that on the Week 2 podcast um, that we do. If you want more football talk, we did do the Morning Grind football podcast. It's up. Um, You can get it on our iTunes feed, Morning Grind, Roto-Grinders Morning Grind, or on the podcast page on Roto-Grinders. 
or pretty much any way that you listen to podcasts, you'll be able to listen to it. So check that out. We're going to talk baseball. Uh, I know it's like we're dying to talk more football and it's so hard to go back to baseball, but I mean, we got a nice 13 game slate on a Friday and there's a lot of different ways to approach this slate, which is always a ton of fun. So let's jump in. We start with Colorado at Philly. No total in this game. Uh, we, me and you were just talking about it before. There's not a ton of lines out right now, um, but it's going to be Herman Marquez going up against Bailey Falter. Uh, let's start here with Herman Marquez going into Philly when he's, he's outside of course here. Any interest in him? Yeah, I think he's probably – he could be the top play on the entire slate. I mean, 6.8 price tag is pretty much priced as if he's in Coors. I know the Phillies are a very low strikeout team, and he comes into this game not really pitching great recently. I just don't really care. I mean, it's a spot where I think that he could put up a pretty large outing. He's a very good pitcher. He's got above-average K stuff. He's got above-average stuff. He gets a lot of ground balls. Like, just a solid overall pitcher. I do worry if they platoon out enough guys, which I'm guessing they'll probably have four lefties in the lineup, so not terrible. But Marquez, like, he's that price tag is just far too cheap. Yeah, he's he is really cheap here at 6,800. The matchup isn't ideal. This isn't a huge strikeout offense, but, I mean, there there is strikeouts towards the bottom of the order. The ballpark isn't ideal either. But, I mean, they're going to play probably four or five righties. We know Marquez can strike out righties at a good clip. It's more of just taking shots here because he's 6,800. Um, Falter on the other side of this game, I mean, I don't really expect him to pitch too deep. Maybe 30 pitches, 40 pitches max. Um, he's shown good strikeout stuff out of the pen. But, I mean, this, this looks like a, a Philly bullpen game for sure. Yeah, no, definitely is. I doubt he goes over three innings like tops. Like, he's not stretched out. He's been in the bullpen all season long. Like, he's not a guy that is stretched out at all. So, I don't think you can really consider him even at 5K. All right, let's talk bats here. Uh, anything stand out to you for Colorado? Not really. A bullpen game with a solid opener. Their price tags being a little bit too high. I mean, you can maybe take a shot on Crone. He's been solid recently. But outside of that, just really nothing, nothing to write home about here. Yeah, I don't mind CJ Crone. Um, Blackman and Story always in play if you're gonna like run like a three-man secondary Colorado stack out there, but I don't think this is the right slate for that. Uh anything stand out to you here for Philly? Harper, maybe, but 5.8 gauge is too expensive. Marquez, like I said, he's a solid pitcher, strikes out a ton of righties, ground balls to lefties. No one here is really a fly ball hitter, so it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to play any of these guys. I mean, baseball, anything can happen, but Marquez is a solid enough pitcher, even with his bad outings recently. I'm not going to mess with anyone here. I mean, I, I definitely like Harper. He's been crushing the ball. He has home runs in four of his last five games. He's on 30 home runs on the season now. Uh, he's hitting the ball really well. Marquez, when you do hit him, it's usually against lefties. Um, so I think this is a great spot for Bryce Harper. He's just expensive, like you said. So I think using him as a one-off, um, I mean – I could even see using Harper with Marquez. Does that make sense? Like on a yeah, 13 I mean, game slate at these prices, I think uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, plus he's going to get probably three innings without Marquez. Marquez is cheap enough. You expect if he only gives up one run, it really doesn't. <laughs> if it's the like, Harper, you you hit the nuts. <laughs> yeah, 
yeah but yeah i mean he'll go against the bullpen the bullpen's not really great um yeah no problem with using harper as a one-off just i'm probably mostly stacking today it's a solid overall slate yeah i'm with you i hear you um toronto at baltimore again no total in this game it's robbie ray against chris ellis um robbie ray 10-7 i mean definitely sets up as one of the higher upside players on the slate over 30 fantasy points in four straight games and faces a Baltimore team that he just pitched really well against recently. Yeah. I mean, I generally like targeting or don't really like targeting lefties going up against Baltimore. They have been pretty solid overall going up against lefties, but this is just a spot where Ray has just been so good recently, just pitching out of his mind and probably going to ruin my Garrett Cole and Cy Young bet, but he's been pitching up over a hundred pitches on average the last 10 starts or so he's got, the ability to go late into the game. It's still a solid strikeout lineup. They really don't walk a ton, so there's a little bit of walk issues are not really going to be a concern. This is just a good enough spot. I mean, Ray is the top overall pitcher on the entire slate. Yeah, he is. I mean, I really honestly, I'm just not going to argue um, at all here. Just especially with like Carlos Rendon kind of questionable. I think like I think you're overthinking it if you don't think Ray is the top pitcher on the slate. Uh, the other side, Ellis. I mean, not against Toronto, right? No, like, not a not a chance. Just let's go to the bats. Yeah, he threw at least he threw like ninety p- pitches last time out. But man, this is a Toronto. Like, he's it's gonna be a rough one for him. Um, but he's due for some serious negative regression. If you think that two point one six ERA is gonna hold up, it's it's most certainly not. Yeah, over like what five? Um, XFIP and Sierra. Yeah, he's he's not a great pitcher. He gives up fly balls. He gives up hard contact. He doesn't. He's ba- barely above average for strikeouts. He's got a one eighty six Babbitt right now, and he's really not getting much soft contact at all. So this doesn't make sense at all. All right, um, let's talk bats. What's standing out to you for for the Blue Jays? Uh, hard-hitting righties. Um, Ellis, like, again, we don't have a huge sample size. His changeup's been very solid so far this season. Um, so, like, I'd probably not target the lefties, but there's really, what, Lamb and Dickerson in there, and that's probably it from the left side of the plate. So all systems go with the righties. He's giving up a 48% hard contact rate to righties. Big fly balls, not really striking out righties at too high of a clip. The ball's going to be put in play a lot. So main suspects is being played in Baltimore. So Springer, Simeon, Vlad, Bichette, Teoscar, Giriel, if you need to save some money, Jansen, if you need to save some money, like all the righties. This is a perfect stack spot if you can fit them in. And it's going to be tough if you want Ray in your lineup, but I I don't care. Like I'm going to find ways to get these Blue Jays bats into my lineup and Marquez being cheap makes it kind of easier. And there's some other cheap arms on the slate that really aren't in terrible spots today. Yeah, I mean – it's hard at this point not to have interest in Vlad and even Marcus Simeon. Like Marcus Simeon is just quietly gonna hit forty plus home runs this season. Like it's just it that high. It's he's at thirty eight. Like he's at thirty eight home runs. Like this team is just it. I don't. It's gonna be sad if they when they don't make the playoffs. 
Like this. How is much just... was like Oakland holding Marcus Simeon back? <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No. Just go to a decent ballpark and surround yourself with some good bats, and all of a sudden you just destroy. I oh, mean, gosh, it's, it's... the Blue Jays are back in the playoff hunt. They are. Yeah. I mean, oh, as a man, Red Sox nice. fan, I don't want to look at it, but yeah, they are. Nine and one, their last ten. Gosh, I didn't even notice. That's what happens when you go on a four day long bender golf trip. Uh, the Baltimore Bats. I mean, Robbie Ray can have shaky outings, but he's been pitching great. I, I'm really, I'm more of like, I'm probably going to lock in Robbie Ray on my one to three teams and fade the Baltimore Bats here. Hayes is a one off. He's been hot enough recently, but that's really it. All right, we got the Battle of New York, New York Yankees, New York Mets. Um, I think it's really cool that like we're getting the Battle of New York with September 11th rolling around. They're going to be able to honor a lot of people. Um, me and my wife were talking about it today. Like it's crazy. Like we were in middle school, I think, but my daughter learned about it in school today, and like she was like just like hearing about her learning about it. I was like, man, I lived that, and it's scary. And so many people lost their lives, and like. You just you just remember all that stuff, and it's just so crazy. Anyway, back to baseball, Yankees and Mets. If you're one of those family members, I'm so sorry for your loss. Um, Montgomery and Walker, no total in this game again. Jordan Montgomery, 9,400 going up against the Mets. It's been a while since this dude posted a game over 20 fantasy points. His pitch counts are all over the place. He is coming off the game where he threw 97 pitches, but – if he can't beat Baltimore, man, I have a tough time paying 9400 for him against the Mets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is he's solid versus lefties. I guess they'll only have two because of all their switch hitters. I can't pay that price tag. Like, that, it's really a price tag. If he was priced like 7-8, he's in consideration. He has been great the last five, six games. Like, he's not really a too high strikeout pitcher. His overall numbers aren't really great. You want to target him versus lefty heavy lineups and realistically they got Conforto and they and they got McNeil. So I'm just, I, I can't pay that price tag. It's just no go. Uh, the Mets Walker. I'm not, I'm not playing Taj on Walker against the Yankees. It's a Walker or McGill. It's supposed to be Walker. I thought I see Walker I see, in a few different places. I see McGill in another place. Um, going to read really quickly. I think, yeah, I think it might be Walker. I think you're right. Um, Yeah, not using Walker. Walker is not good. Walker has been bad for a while. Walker finally regressed, even though he's shown one good outing over his last 10 games. Don't do just do not play Walker. Yeah, I mean, he had a good game against the Yankees earlier this season, but what lineup was that? I mean, this is a. Well, it's not only the lineup, he was also just getting so lucky. His exit was at like. 4.6 4.6 and he added two ERA. Um, bats in this game, Yankees. What's standing up to you? Uh, hard hitting righties. I mean, Walker's a bit worse versus righties so far this season, giving up a decent amount of hard contact fly ball. So, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, all very much in play. I don't hate the lefties, they've like looking at the underlying numbers versus lefties, like his Woba's 254, his ISO's 92. Doesn't really make sense considering he's not really much better in any area going up against lefties. So he's due for some negative regression there. So 
I mean, if you want to play Gallo, if you want to play Rizzo, they're both very much in play. I'm not playing Gardner leadoff. I don't care if he hit a home run the other day. I hate that they're leading him off. If he's leading off, I'm just going to fade him again. and He'll probably hit a home run. So, yeah, I'm just still angry about that from the other night. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I don't hate Brett Gardner. If you're stacking the Yankees and you need to save some money, he's 2.5K. And if he hits leadoff, um, he's a fly ball hitting hitter, too, against a fly ball pitcher. So, it's not the worst thing ever. Um, anything stand out to you here for the Mets? I mean – It'd be righties. I'm staying away from the lefties. Alonzo and Baez, probably the two main guys. Montgomery still strikes out righties at a decent clip, but he's below average in terms of hard contact, below average in terms of fly balls. So either one of those guys can take the ball to the ballpark. Outside of that, I don't really know if there's anyone else that really catches my eye here. I mean, I don't want to pay 5.2K for Lindor. VR, probably not at 4.5K, not targeting the lefties. McCann. Going up against a lefty, not a really bad idea if you want to round out your stack a little bit or make it into three-man. All right. Um, keep on rolling here. We got the Brewers and the Indians. And this one, it's Hauser against Eli Morning or Morgan. <laughs> uh, nine and a half total in this game. The Brewers, a 160 favorites. Any interest here in Hauser? I don't care if you just put up 40 points. Um, don't really want to do it. This is a blow average strikeout guy, walks a lot of guys, does get a lot of ground balls, and this isn't particularly a great lineup, but 7.9K is probably just too high of a price tag, and you're going to have enough people chasing his ridiculous shutout in the last game. He's not going to end up with more four K, more than 4Ks likely, and I don't really want to pay 7.9K for that. I mean, the bottom of this order does strike out a lot. There is that. Like there's there's five guys in this lineup with strikeout rates over twenty six percent, but I want to see what the ownership looks like. If everybody's gonna chase that Matt monster game last time out, he's gonna generate ground balls. The bottom of the order is gonna strike out, and I mean, if he's not gonna be highly owned, I have some interest. I worry about his walk rate, so I also want to look at like who's umpiring the game. Uh, so a lot to look at with Hauser, but I mean. The Cleveland lineup, if you can get around Ramirez and Reyes, is not good. Um, this team's in full rebuild mode. I mean, so I can understand why you would take shots on Hauser here. Eli Morgan on the other side of this game, massive fly ball guy. I'd say about an average strikeout pitcher. I mean, the problem is the Brewers just don't strike out. Um, any interest here in Eli Morgan? Now, he's put up some decent outings recently, but he's gotten kind of lucky. I mean, the matchup versus Boston, he walked four guys. He did strike out seven, but he still came away with no earned runs. The game against Minnesota, really not a great team. Still walked two guys, struck out a decent amount. But I, I just don't think this is not a high strikeout matchup. He's given up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact to lefties and righties, but more to lefties where the ball's going to be put in the air. There's enough guys in this lineup with power that I think you can easily get the ball taken out of the park a few times. The weather's not terrible over there, but 7.1K, I think I'd rather go elsewhere and take my shots with some other guys that are a lot cheaper. All right. Um, anything on the Brewers' bats here? Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Escobar, 4K, again, Big fly ball guy in Eli Morgan. So I want to target guys with power. And you've got a lot of guys with power on the Brewers. I think they're a pretty solid stack. 
And you look at the hard contact numbers of every single guy in the lineup, they're all up over 38, most of them up over 40, 45. So Yelich at 3.9K is far too cheap. Escobar, 4K, far too cheap. Wong's too cheap. Navarez is too cheap. This is a super cheap lineup. I think they're going to end up being the chalk today because Morgan just gives up enough fly balls where he's probably giving up two home runs here. I think there's a great spot. I'm going to check out ownership, but even if you want to go down the bottom of the lineup, Tells is 2K, Kane is 2.2K. This is just silly here. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Escobar, Yelich, Garcia three-man, but, I mean, you got plenty of power with Vogelbach. Um, I mean, there's plenty of power here facing Morgan, so I like it. Grant, I like this call, um, and on a 13-game slate, I highly doubt they'll be popular. Really, the price tags with Ray? I mean, the pricing, but, like, what pitchers are you paying up for? Yeah, you want to pay up for Robbie Ray, but who else? I, mean, I think that's the chalk stack's going to be Ray Marquez with a double stack of the Brewers and the Blue Jays. I think that's going to be chalk because you can easily make it work if you don't play Vlad. All right, all right. We'll see. I could uh, be wrong. It's the night before. I'm still just amped about football. <laughs> um, yeah. Cleveland bats here. Anything standing out to you? Not really. Hauser's big ground ball guy, so I'd target a fly ball guy. Really, that's Jose Ramirez as a one-off. That's really it. All right. Um, Tampa Bay. Going into Detroit, it looks like it's going to be an opener situation with Michael Waka opening and Archer pitching behind him is what it sounds like. Um, and then Matt Boyd's pitching for Detroit here. This game has a nine nine and a half total, and the Rays are a one sixty seven favorite. Um, Tampa pitching situation pass. Yeah, I mean, Archer at 8K and Waka at 8K, neither one of them are probably going to go over three innings. I'm not surprised they're moving Waka to an opener role. He was doing better with that earlier on the season and then kind of fell apart as soon as they let him pitch later into the game. So Archer, like, he's pitching solid, but he obviously can't stay healthy. He's not going to go more than four innings. They're not going to try and use him too much. Um, so it is interesting. He did get up to 78 pitches, but I doubt they'll let him go that far. So. I, I can't pay over 8K for guys that I don't know if they're going to go far enough into the game. Yeah, it's it's so weird to me because, like, Michael Walker's coming off of, like, his best start in a while. Um, I I don't even know what to think here. Do they both throw, like, four innings? I mean, I don't think you can play them at 8K, though. Yeah, my guess is they throw Waka in there to three innings. And then they let Archer come in and give him about 80 pitches, however many innings that be. Could be all the way to the eighth, could be to the end of the game. Never know, but probably going to be about four to four innings, probably. So, I mean, 8K is just, it's just too high of a price tag, although the chances of win likely go up if Archer is pitching on the piggyback. But if they're not going to give him more than 80 pitches, it's a little bit tough to pay that price tag for. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the pitch, pitches and not really trust in the whole situation um matt boyd on the other side of this game i mean the rays have added some key pieces here um and they could platoon a lot more against left-handed pitching boyd has really struggled with hard contact and fly balls to righties this year strikeout rate under 20 percent. this is a pass spot for me even at 5600 yeah and i think they're starting to 
limit all their guys. Like, I think it's come to the point of the season where they're not going to pitch Boyd that late. They're not going to pitch Myers that late. They're not going to pitch Scooball that late. So I doubt he ends up going over 80 pitches, and more than likely he'll be in the 70-pitch range. They will platoon out some guys, and it really doesn't hurt his upside because he strikes out both sides of the plate at pretty much the same clip. But this team is just too good that I don't really want to mess with Boyd knowing they might only go four innings. All right. Um, Tampa Bats. I mean, they're kind of pricey, but I kind of like them. Um, I don't think a Rosarino would be in the lineup. So, I mean, that opens up maybe getting a couple of cheaper bats. But, I mean, I really like Nelson Cruz in this spot. I really like Franco in this spot. Um, Zanino as a power catcher upside play. I mean, I think Tampa is super interesting here. Man, do you know what Zanino's ISO is versus lefties this season? I do. It's like 540-something. 553. Gosh, it's incredible. Oh, smash. Yeah, 5K. Didn't think I'd be paying that for him this season. But... And isn't his fly ball rate like something like super insane too? Um, he has 29 home runs on the season. Did you know that, Grant? 29 home I did runs know that. And he only plays like, what, 60% of the games? The dude is just mashing. But yeah, Franco, Cruz, and, you know, Luplo, if he's in that lineup, 3K gives you some salary relief. Might get pinch hit for, but Still got a pretty solid fly ball rate, and he's got some pop um, going up against lefties. But, yeah, it's, it's it's the power guys, preferably the righties. Boyd, like you said, gives up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact. So I don't hate it. I don't love the ballpark, but let's be honest, they don't play in a great ballpark either, so it's not really a huge downgrade. All right. Um, Detroit Bats, anything standing out to you here in this whole – they're both going to be righties, I guess, but – yeah, I mean, oh, Badu. Really yeah, 3.7K. Yeah, he's cheap, but nothing else, really. All right, Miami at Atlanta. I'm with you. I don't really want to spend a ton of time on that one. Uh, this game, again, another game that doesn't have a total. We got Rodgers and, and Anderson pitching in this one. Um, any interest here in Trevor Rodgers? Not going up against Atlanta. I mean, we don't know if he's probably not going to get much over 80 pitches. Lefty versus Atlanta is never a spot I really want to target. He's a solid overall pitcher, but in Atlanta, not playing him. I mean, decent strikeout stuff, but he's going to give up a lot of hard contact, a lot of power in this lineup, so probably going to pass. Um, Ian Anderson is probably the only reason that Herman Marquez might not be like massive chalk. Ian Anderson has not been pitching great, but he gets Miami. Um I think he's going to be really popular here. Yeah, no. So the big thing is that he's really, really struggled with control. Like, yep. nice thing is, one thing Miami doesn't do is it's walk. walk. <laughs> like, they got Diaz and they got Sanchez, and that's it. So he's got solid overall strikeout stuff. This is probably the highest strikeout lineup in the entire league. Playing in Atlanta, not great, but doesn't matter. Like, Ian Anderson is right there with Marquez. I could see doing some Ian Anderson Marquez lineups. I could see only playing three pitchers on the slate, although I'll probably have one other one, maybe two other ones. But like Ian Anderson is just very underpriced. He's priced for how he's pitched lately, not his matchup at all. And it's just silly to me. Uh any Miami bats? Stack or fade. Like 
you stack it again leverage you're getting a cheap stack you can double stack them with boston or with no or not boston with the white Sox, with toronto with any of these high total teams like they're so cheap and they have some pop i mean jesus sanchez has got some pop ian anderson has been giving up some bombs and he's been giving up a lot of walks like as much as i love him because of the price tag it's really simple he's going to be chalky he's likely come in at 28 30 percent so you get huge amount of leverage on the field and Miami's getting a big ballpark upgrade going to Atlanta. If Ian Anderson does get super wild, in which case he can't find the strike zone at all. And they end up with a lot of guys on base. We could see Miami put up six, seven runs and they're not going to be terribly high owned and they're all super cheap. So Brinson, Sanchez, De La Cruz, Jazz, Diaz, like all these guys have some, even how far off he's in the lineup. I'll have some pop. You can stack them up any which way. It doesn't matter. It's just strictly a leverage play, knowing that Anderson is going to be very highly owned. And Miami, although a bad hitting team, do have some power. And on top of that, are super cheap. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand why you would look at it. Um, You know, especially we were talking about the Milwaukee stack just being so popular, um, potentially with those prices so uh the atlanta side i mean this is another one of those teams kind of like toronto if you can make it work the stack is great solaire duvall they're both you know cheap ozzy albies has been crushing left-handed pitching all season i like atlanta a lot in this spot yeah all the hard-hitting righties i mean rogers is a solid overall pitcher his iso versus righties isn't really reflective of what it should be because he plays over in miami for most of his games Hard contact saying at 41% on the season versus race, 36% fly ball rate. Does strike out a lot of guys, but Albies does not strike out against lefties. Dare knows a pretty solid play if he's in there. Swanson, Riley, Duval, Solaire, all these guys can take the ball to the ballpark. I don't know if I want to full stack them because I don't expect Rodgers to get beat up that much, but the one-off, two-off, three-off power bats in this lineup are all very solid and Solaire and Duval make it kind of easy to work. All right, we got Boston going up against the White Sox. The Battle of Sox, no total in this game. It sounds like Carlos Rodon is going to pitch, uh, and then Tanner Houck um, pitching for Boston. Any interest in Tanner Houck here? I mean, it's a tough matchup for him, and like you never really know how late he's going to go into the game. I mean, his pitch counts have been all over the place. 68, 90, 90, 58, 89, 74. So he can probably get you five innings. He's a solid overall pitcher with solid strikeout stuff. I just don't know if he's going to make the cut at that price tag, knowing that we may or may not get five innings out of him. Yeah, I mean, you just you look at this, and it's just like, eh. And you look at the other side. You look at Carlos Rodon. He was dealing with like a sore shoulder and he's 10-3 going up against the Red Sox like both of these offenses are strong and I have a really tough time playing either one of these pitchers yeah Rodon with Ray just slightly more like dealing with a bum shoulder like can't be certain that he's going to go long enough into the game but more than anything the fact that he's going up against the Red Sox who have just been smashing recently well, not as much recently. They've been a little bit of a bad tear. Um, but 
Like they are a bunch of good bats that can all take them out of the ballpark. A lot of which don't strike out a huge clip. So I don't think I can go with Rodon here at 10.3 for getting a discount. would be another thing. Yep. I'm going to pass. Um, and like, I'm not going to go out of my way to play the Red Sox bats in the spot, but I mean, if you want to take some shots like Kiki Hernandez, Hunter Renfro, uh, JD Martinez, what are your thoughts here on the Red Sox bets? Yeah, I'd probably target the power ready. So JD, Renfro, Hernandez, like Rodon's very good strikeout pitcher at both sides of the plate, but gives him a whole lot more fly balls to righties than he does to lefties, gives him hard contact to both sides of the plate. But I'm targeting the righty power bats easily. Um, White Sox. I mean, we're going to see if Jimenez isn't going to be in the lineup. I mean, Jose Abreu, maybe. I mean, this might not be like 100% White Sox lineup. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's also a tough match going up against how, yeah, he can give up some hard contact and fly balls to Raddies, but he's also striking out at 35% clip. I do like Eloy's price. I don't hate Abreu's price. Um, but those would kind of be the two that I would want to go with just because he really doesn't give up a ton of fly balls to lefties. All right. The Angels and the Astros. Otani going up against um, Valdez in this one. Eight total. Uh, the Astros, a 190 favorites. Any interest here in Otani? I don't think you kind of have to. I mean, 8.6K is a little pricey considering the matchup. They're really not a great strikeout matchup. But Otani's just got good K stuff. He can easily put up a pretty decent outing here. So the price tag, like the way the slate's going, I really don't have a ton of interest in paying up for many guys. So he's kind of the guy in this seven and a half to nine K range that you're just kind of forced into a little bit. If you want to play someone in that range. So I really don't like the matchup. It's tough, but I could see him putting up a pretty decent outing still, even going up against Houston. Yeah. I mean, 8,600, 30% K rate facing a team that has like a 19% K rate. Who's going to win? Is it going to be the pitcher strikeouts? It's going to be the offense that doesn't strike out very much. I mean, on this slate, I think he's viable. Um, Valdez on the other side of this game. This Angels lineup is so bad right now, Grant. It's terrible. It is so bad right now. And the one place where Valdez can get into some trouble is his walks. But, I mean, who's walking on this lineup? No one. And if come down to earth, like, you're going to get safety there. He should pitch around 100 pitches. Like, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. Valdez is kind of the guy that I'd rather get up to than Otani. And I don't think he's going to draw a ton of ownership. So if I can't quit quite up to Ray and have a little bit left over from Otani. Valdez, like, he's an above-average K-rate guy with incredible ground ball stuff going up against the lineup that, what, it's pretty much just Otani. Like, everyone else, Walsh, yeah, he's pretty decent, but really not going to do that great lefty-lefty. And Framber has been pretty solid going up against lefties. Giving up a 14% fly ball rate 
to lefties and 12.7% fly ball rate to righties. Like he's a very good pitcher and strikes out lefties at a much higher clip. So Walsh is really not anything to worry about. It's just Otani and then a whole bunch of hot trash throughout the rest of the lineup. Um, gosh, it's really hard not to play Valdez here. Have some some type of interest just because this lineup is just so bad, and he's going to generate ground balls. Like, I mean, his upside here, if if they let him go, would be like, is his upside like a complete game shutout? Like, that's his upside, right? Like, yeah, it kind of is. Like, a Maddox, he could do a Maddox. Yeah, against this offense, he could do. I think a lot of major league pitchers could do that against this, this offense. This lineup's bad. It is really bad right now. Um, bats on the Angels. <laughs> we can't play with Tani. We're not playing any of these guys. No, no, just full on pass. They're all garbage. Oh man, Houston bats. Any interest here against Otani? I mean, I don't hate a stack. I think they're going to go fairly low on because Otani. Um, but I mean. The big thing with Otani is he gives up a lot of hard contact. He just strikes out a lot of guys. And, I mean, you have a lot of low strikeout bats, so it's which one's going to win. If it's looking like this lineup is probably going to be, what, 3 4 5% owned, which is very likely possible. We've seen Otani, for the most part, do pretty well, but he has had those bad outings. And this is just a spot where the ball's being put in play, likely a decent amount, and it's going to be hit hard because Otani gives up hard contact. He throws hard and these are all bats that can hit the ball at the ballpark. So Brantley at 4.2 K probably too cheap. Bregman 4.2 K probably too cheap. Everyone else is high price, but they're all going to come in at low ownership. You can still make the stack work by throwing those two guys in and rounding out with two other guys. And you can make it easily pay for it considering that you have two cheap pitching arms today. All right. Um, just man, the stack you're getting such a low owned stack with so much ceiling. Um, so I think this is a really, really interesting tournament stack with you, Grant. With you, Kansas City at Minnesota, Lynch against Jax. <laughs> These type of matchups this late in the season are just like, yeah, this is happening. No total in this game, though. Um, any interest here in Daniel Lynch? Not really. I mean, he's he's just been so wild recently. And while this isn't a great hitting lineup, it is a lineup that knows how to work the count. And he's just been so wild over the last month. I think his, his, what's, what's, his walk rate's 15% over the last month. Like, yeah, he's a solid prospect. He could be good if he hones in his control, but... I don't think this is the spot where you want to go with him. Yeah, I mean, I think like on a on a spot like Lynch, you'd want to play him more against like an Angels team that doesn't walk. Like that's that's the type of lineups you want to kind of find. Um, you need to play the Marlins or the Marlins. Like, yeah, I mean, this team walks. He struggles against righties. They're gonna throw nine righties at him, and they walk. Like, not playing Lynch here. Uh, Jacks on the other side. This guy has been struggling um, big time, and I mean he's had one good start, maybe one and a half. But 
I'm going to pass on him here. Yeah, I think I'm out on him too. I keep hitting his the under on his strikeout props because it always comes in at like three and a half ever since his 10 strikeout game. Hasn't actually worked out that great for me, but probably back at it again tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Royals bats? I think you can stack them like pretty well. I mean, Perez is just on such a tear. I really don't care who he's facing. Witt, I don't think I want to use him at that price tag, but Ben Attendee's 3.2K. Jax has some pretty heavy platoon splits. So Ben Attendee, 3.2K. Santana, 2.8K. Mondesi, 4.7K. Like, even if you want to throw in Dozier or Oliveras, like, it's not like Jax is really striking out guys. They're at the bottom of the line. They're going to be low-owned, and they both got some power, so they're not going to get struck out, ball be put in play, and they could easily hit it out of the ballpark. So I really like the lefties in this spot. And then Perez, because he's great. Dozier and Liveris, because both of them are super cheap. Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely in play. Perez, like Zanino, just they're smashing the ball. Um, I think he has a hit streak going too, eight or nine games. So definitely don't mind Salvador Perez. Um, Minnesota side, I mean, maybe a Buxton Donaldson Sano three man, or maybe like they're a two so man. So expensive. Like, no, I just realized that as soon as I said, I, I missed it. Oh, I kind of miss and kind of don't miss the days where you get Buxton at like 3K, Donaldson like 3.9, and Sano like 3.1. Like they just, they just did a full 180 on the prices of these guys. And now it's just kind of like, yeah, I like them. Yeah, I like how much Lynch can get wild and this could, game could easily get out of hand, but I can't play, pay these price tags. Yeah, I mean, can't I can't pay these price tags either. It's an maybe they're cheaper on like FanDuel or Yahoo or something. Yeah, I'm sure they they have to be. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like the only place. If you can find them cheaper, it would, it would make sense to roll them out there. So, Cincinnati at St. Louis, uh, eight and a half total. The Reds are 140 favorite. Tyler Molly, John Lester. Any interest here in Tyler Molly? I mean, like, the problem is I just want to get up to Ray. Like, that's the thing. St. Louis isn't a particularly high strikeout team. They're not a great team regardless. Molly's been a little bit up and down and definitely gives you the upside. I mean, I can absolutely see using him knowing that he can put up a pretty massive game. But, like, Ray is just so much better. So, if Ray weren't in the conversation, yeah, I'd play a bunch of Molly. But I just can't do it with this, with Ray being slightly higher and just in a safer matchup. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to pass on Molly. Like you said, Ray. I'm I'm leaning more. I, I think I'd even like rank Valdez ahead of Molly today. Um, I'm definitely not playing John Lester. I'm running out of chances to stack against John Lester. You know he's going to retire this year. Um, he's he's coming off. Yeah, I think a he's really got like game. five years left in him. I think he's going to Jamie Moyer it. I really hope so. Um, beautiful. He did pitch really well against the Reds not too long ago, but uh, I'm going to call that a fluke, and I'm going to stack the Reds again. 
Yep, right there with you. Lester is not good. Definitely struggles more versus righties than lefties. So Stevenson, Cassianos, India, Suarez, like none of these guys are over 5K. I don't mind playing lefties. I wouldn't be against playing Votto. But in Aquino, if he's in the lineup, just absolutely lock and load there. Lester is giving up a ton of hard contact to righties. He's not striking anyone out. He's walking a lot of guys. It looks like there's a decent chance they have seven righties in this lineup. So guys are going to be on base. He's going to get taken deep. Like, these guys are too cheap. Reds are a fantastic stack on the slate. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to... It's hard not to stack against John Lester, especially with, like, his his just overall struggles. Um, So, you know me. I'm going to play the Reds every day anyway. And the fact that I can stack the Reds against John Lester. Like, I'm getting excited. I'm excited for this slate now. Um, St. Louis bats, I mean, just because I don't want to play Molly doesn't mean I'm going to stack against him. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a price thing. He's a solid overall pitcher. This isn't really a great team. The prices aren't cheap enough. I have no interest in the Cardinals. All right, Texas at Oakland. We got Glenn Otto against Mr. Blackburn in this one, it's eight and a half total in the athletics are 190 favorites. Um, any interest here in Glenn Otto? I mean, he hasn't been terrible since he got into the league, although I'm fairly certain the 30% K rate with only an 8.9% swing strike rate is going, it's not going to hold up. But I mean, overall, he's been pretty solid. This is just a tough matchup here. I'm not, not horribly against it because everyone's going to be on. Ian Anderson and Marquez. So can Glenn Otto put up a 20-point outing? It's definitely possible. I'm playing over in Oakland, it's 60 degrees. But am I going to play him that much? I doubt it. Like, it's a tough lineup. They walk a lot. They don't strike out a ton. It's just a very tough matchup. So I don't see a huge amount of upside, but the price tag is pretty decent. I mean, he he's a little early as far as like getting the call up, like he was in the Joey Gallo trade. He was, he was drafted by the Yankees. Um, prospect wise, he, he definitely sets up like he has a really good curveball, you know, above average fastball. And his biggest issue is command. But I mean, he's definitely worked on the command and um, I mean, it's getting better. So I think if it, man, I mean, Oakland's not like, they're not terrible, but they're not great. But they don't strike out and they walk. I mean, if he has command issues, this would be a spot it would really show. I'm probably going to pass. Yeah, I'd li- also like to see his ownership and the ownership of Anderson and Marquez. I mean, yeah, if the, both of those guys are getting a ton of ownership and you want to pivot, maybe. But, I mean, Paul Blackburn in the same game is facing this terrible Texas offense, but – this dude is not pitch well at all. It's yeah. I, I wish Otto is facing his own team here because I would play a ton of them. Oh yeah, no, but I, I honestly don't hate Blackburn. I mean, he's not great. He might not go that late into game, but this Texas team is not good. It's a lot of strikeouts. Even though he's a very low strikeout guy, he can still end up getting some. He definitely has some wide platoon splits when it comes to strikeouts. He doesn't strike out any righties. His 
I mean, he's a guy without a slider, so it makes sense. So I honestly don't hate it at 6K. Again, this is all dependent on what we project for ownership with Marquez and Ian Anderson. Raw points, they're drastically better, but can Blackburn put up a 15, 18-point outing, 20-point outing? Yes. Is he likely to beat Marquez or Ian Anderson? No, but if we're getting him at low ownership, like he's have, he has a 3.6 implied run total against him. He could easily do some damage against this team because they're pitching in 60, he's pitching in 60 degree weather in one of the best ballparks in the league. So I honestly don't hate it. Uh, any interest in the Texas bats? Nah, man, man, they aren't good. Blackburn may not be a great pitcher, but there's a terrible ballpark and he's good enough. Yeah, it looked like Garcia was going to start hitting the ball again, and then he just started struggling again. So, I mean, he would be the one guy that I'd have interest in, but overall not a ton of interest in Texas, and honestly not a ton of interest in Oakland. They're expensive. This is not good hitting conditions. Plenty of spots I like more in the sleep. Yeah, Otto's a pretty solid overall pitcher, so I'm out on him. San Diego, Adelaide taking on the Dodgers. Musgrove against uh, Urias. This game at an eight total, uh, the Dodgers are 170 favorites. Any interest here in Joe Musgrove? Probably not against the Dodgers. I mean, I know he, he's been pretty decent over the last couple of starts, but it's the Dodgers. I, I just can't do it. I mean, when you open plate IQ and everything's green for the offense, it's so hard to play right-handed pitchers against this team. Well, not everything's it's... green if Bellinger is in the lineup. That's true. He's just not – he's hurt, man. Joe Joe Musgrove has faced this team um, four times this season. He started against them twice, and he's just not pitched well. I don't expect him to pitch well here. Julio Urias on the other side. I think Julio Urias is super interesting depending on what lineup we get for the Padres. Um, I mean, it's not like this team has crushed left-handed pitching this season. Yeah, and he's been pretty solid recently. 9.3K price tag. He's right there with Framber. So if Framber is going to be a chalky-er guy, then I could see going to Urias. I mean, he's a solid overall pitcher, pretty efficient, can go six innings. And, I mean, they may not let him give him a huge pitch count, but he gets to five, six innings almost every time, and he's got a 27% K rate. You're right, this lineup isn't great versus left-handed pitching. And the one thing they do is walk a lot and – Urias really doesn't walk too many batters, so I'm not terribly worried about that. Again, comes down to ownership. If Valdez is going to be chalkier, I'll go with Urias. There's not a huge differentiator between the two, although I do have a slight lean towards Framber. Um, bats on San Diego? I mean, Tatis is 6.1. I mean, I'm not going to argue with stacking either of these teams, but I'm not going out of my way with two very good pitchers. So I, I doubt I will have any, but they should be low-owned. I mean, if I'm going to go with one side, it would probably be the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see myself uh, playing a lot here. I, I, I'm with you. I think you could stack both of these teams in tournaments, but I don't think that's where I end up. Um, Arizona at Seattle is where we finish off here. 
Madison Bumgarner against Marco Gonzalez. No total in this game. Any interest here in Madison Bumgarner? I, I just – I played him the other day. It didn't go terrible. First time I think I played him all season. He still got 10 – or I think it was a 26-point outing. But I, I just – even against a decent strikeout team that is worse versus lefties and the Mariners – I don't want to pay 8.5K for him, so no. He just faced them, too. And, I mean, if we look at the last month for him, his strikeout rate's down to, like, 17%. I just think he's running out of gas. <laughs> like, I mean, we see this from time to time with guys that are getting older. They run out of the gas at the end of the season. So um, I'm going to pass on Madison Bumgarner. It was a nice stretch when we got to play him there at the beginning of August, um, end of July. But, I mean, I'm going to pass. Marco Gonzalez on the other side of this game. Arizona actually has, like, three or four really good bats against left-handed pitching now. They're going to platoon a lot against Marco Gonzalez. He struggles against righties. He's not generating ground balls like he used to. Um, at 8,300, this is an easy fade for me. Yeah, that's a ridiculous price tag. He just got priced like that because he had a few diverse good outings versus what was it, Texas? Can't remember who it was, but yeah, no, no, no interest in me on Marco at that price tag. Even if he was 6.5K, I still don't know if I'd go there. I mean, I think Arizona, looking at these, some of these bats, like if Nick Ahmed bats leadoff, um, we know throughout his career he's been good against lefties. Walker would probably bat fourth. You can kind of plug in those two cheap guys and then pair like Marte, Kelly, Young or something around them. Um, and just the stack would be like a five-man stack that like doesn't cost hardly anything because like Andrew Young, I think, is like 2K. Yeah, I really like the stack. I mean, I'd like it more if it weren't cold and, and in Seattle, but I it's still fine. Like Ahmed, Marte, Kelly, Walker, Young is super cheap at 2K and not huge sample size, but he's hit lefties well. Like any of these guys, whoever gets thrown in the lineup, there's I think there's some decent major leaguers, but you can easily round out the stack. I mean, Marte and Kelly are the two best plays by wide margin. Ahmed, a solid overall play, especially for his price tag. But Marte is just a smash spot here. I absolutely love Marte today. Um, but this is a stack that you can get Kelly and Marte in there and then it's all pieces under 3K. And Gonzalez has struggled versus righties, 275 ISO, 362 Woba, big hard contact, big fly balls, not a ton of strikeouts versus righties. Like, I want to target the righty bats with power, and there's some good ones at the top of the lineup, and then there's a few other ones that are super cheap. All right. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then uh, we'll get out of here. Oh, did you have any interest in the Seattle bats? Sorry. I mean, Hanniger, France, but they're all expensive now. So it'd really probably just be Hanniger as a one-off. Like they, they did the same thing they did with Minnesota. Kept them cheap, all Seager and Hanniger cheap all season. And then, all right, let's just, yeah, it's a, let's raise their prices. Yeah. Even with his recent struggles, he's been very good against lefties. So I think Hanniger is a one-off. Um, Torrens, maybe a catcher. Oh, he's 4.3K. I thought I saw 3.3K. Um, all right. Morning grind game under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Stop yawning. Um, 
who do you got to get six or more strikeouts under 8K today? Which guy would you rather have? There's two answers. Well, you're going to go Marquez. I'm going to go Ian Anderson, and we're going to talk about a guy over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust today? Montgomery. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a go, lot of guys in the lower I'm going to go Rodgers. I like that. Over 4K to go yard today. Who's going, Who's hitting one deep? Salvador Perez. I like it. I'm going to go Marcus Simeon just because he keeps crushing under 4K to get two hits. Who is cheap at that you like today? Yelich. Oh, you took my guy. Um, I hope Nick Ahmed bats lead off. I'm going to go Nick Ahmed. Two hits today. Uh, stack to score six or more runs. There's a lot of them. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I'm going to go the Braves. I'm going to take the chalk. Solaire is another guy. I don't know if they're that two. chalky. Like, honestly, I think Toronto is going to be the chalk. We'll see. I mean, it's 13 games late. We might not have really any chalk. So, I mean, it could be pretty spread out ownership like it is on 13 games late. No, no. So, uh, Grant, always fun. Glad football's back. Again, if you want to listen to the football podcast, make sure you head on over there. Check that out on the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind feed on iTunes. Um, even if you're listening to the baseball podcast and you haven't subscribed or rated the podcast on iTunes, do that. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, again, one last time, Friday morning, if you go over to – I'm going to check and see if it's up right now. Um NFL on prize picks. If you go to passing yards on Friday morning until Sunday, there's going to be a prop for Patrick Mahomes pass yards. It's like 0.1. If you're new, make sure you use the promo code grinders. That's going to wrap it up here for Friday. We'll be back Monday talking baseball after a long weekend of football. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Hey, kids.